Now the Harley-Davidson. That's what we're going to talk about, a polarising motorbike, but also legendary, made so by movies like Easy Rider back in 1969 and the motorcycle with the unmistakable sound. That could almost be the start of a song. Our next guest knows a lot about motorcycles. He's one of our most peripatetic writers. George Lockyer has already written books like The Long and Winding Aotearoa and Tales and Trails Down Under. Now comes Kiwis on Harleys with stories of 27 New Zealanders who own, collect and sometimes race these noisy, seemingly misfiring but mighty machines. Kia ora, George. Kia ora, Jim. Nice to talk to you. You too. Now, upon setting out to write this book, and your publisher asked you to, which is always a compliment, you'd never owned or ridden a Harley, and I'm, I was thinking the pub- publisher could have asked me or a lot of <laughs> people listening, because you'd never ridden one. Yeah, that's very true, although um, I've been riding motorcycles for uh, 40 years, I've never actually gotten gotten around to ride gotten around to riding a Harley but I suppose um in a way it allowed for a bit of impartiality on my part you know you know I was only joking you're a very good writer and um, uh, <laughs> to get to get asked by a publisher is a very good sign I I read that when he when he wrote the um the very famous Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance book Robert Persig was turned down by 121 Publishers, which leaves J.K. Rowling, oh, no. J.K. Rowling, way behind. Yeah. Nobody wanted his book. That, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and it's one of my favourite books. Actually, I've, I've read it. I've read it a number of times, and I think it was only the last time I read it a couple of years ago. I actually um, finished it because it it can be a very hard read. I don't know if you've read it, Jim. Yeah, I have, and I had trouble finishing it as well, and it was quite sombre. Yeah. But I've gone. I too have gone back and finished the whole thing, and it is a great read. Yeah, it is. Have you now ridden a Harley? I still haven't ridden one. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but um, I do plan. I do plan to ride one because um, the people at uh, Rolling Thunder in Christchurch they they've um, they said just come in, George, because the owner features features in the book. He 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 rides the live wire, the all electric Harley. Yeah. So he said, yeah, come in any time and just just take just take a Harley out. So um, I plan to do that sometime in the summer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I imagine you would because you've ridden lots of bikes. It'd be interesting for you to try a Harley. So the brand, the Harley brand and the legend, first of all, the stereotypical Harley rider is who, please? You say who it is in the book. Well, I think, yeah, well, I think a stereotypical Harley rider, what what we think of as stereotypical, you know, would be um, middle-aged, goatee, tattoos, clad in black leather. Maybe a, a a patch for club membership, open face helmet and sunnies, but but in fact it's not the case at all. You know, Harley riders come, come from a huge and diverse range of, of characters. I mean, you never you never know. You you pull up, you're at a coffee shop, go out for a ride, and the Harley pulls up, and um, off comes the helmet, and it's usually it's usually a grey head, um, like most motorcyclists these days. But yeah. you haven't a clue um, about them, really. They could be anything, you know. I think it, it just it just conveys the uh, the image of cool, doesn't it? I mean, most people probably remember the first time they saw a Harley go by, or the first time they heard that distinctive potato, potato, potato exhaust note. <laughs> you know, um, 
it, it, it's just it's just cool it's just stuck in our psyche i think it's a bit like visions even if you haven't been to the u.s in a way we all have been because we've been bombarded with images of the u.s and in the same way we've been bombarded with images of cool harley davidson's haven't we since easy rider Term arnie and terminator 2 and evil knievel attempting another daredevil stunt you know it i think it's just stuck in our psyche and a lot of people would just like to own one i think just because it's so cool how many people would buy them for the potato 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 for that noise do you think oh, i don't think <laughs> i don't well <laughs> it's, it's an extremely um expensive purchase so i don't know if, if you'd buy it just for that noise <laughs> yeah no, i don't i don't mean to denigrate the people in your book who are all actually really interesting people <laughs> well when you buy a harley you you join an extended family and most of them are in uh harley owners group um it's just it's just one big family um, full of camaraderie you know they go on um group rides uh, it's a company sponsored organization and it's got over 400,000 members worldwide so when you buy a harley you don't just buy into the call you buy into an extended family you know yeah, and there's a great appeal in that. Which I think which I think is a big part of it, yeah. What do you typically ride? You tell us in the book. Um, well, I've got a couple of bikes. I've got my uh, Kawasaki KLR650, which um, I rode around Australia for my book, Tales and Trails Down Under. Yeah. Um, I've got a brand-new Royal Enfield 350 Classic, and I've also got a 1981 Kawasaki, which has been rebuilt as as we speak. So I, I, I sort of um, chop and change, you know. Yeah. You, well, but never, but never a Harley. But never a Harley. You live in Governors Bay. I suppose the road over the Port Hills is a lot friendlier on a bike, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, just just for me, just to leave Governors Bay, and um, I mean, you go for it. A nice sunny day. Just going into town is a lovely ride, you know. You could go go over Dyer's Pass, um, or you can go around the harbour through the Littleton Tunnel. And people come from far and wide to, to ride on the Banks Peninsula. And um, I'm very fortunate that it's it's right on my doorstep. Yeah. yeah. In fact, when I'm finished with you, Jim, I'll probably go for a ride. Just I'll take my book, go for a ride, find a coffee shop and, and have a read, you know. Yeah. That's no, a nice life. How often are you on the road? You're on the road a lot, aren't you? It just depends what I've got. What I've got on. I mean, I've got a couple of trips planned for the summer, and it depends um, what, what I can work out with my publisher for my next book. Because as um, soon as that's uh, sorted out, I'll be on my bike. I think I'm lucky, even with a a short riding career on not very big bikes, to have avoided bad spills and scrapes. And you've really clocked up the case. Does our behaviour towards people on bikes worry you at all? No, I don't think it does, to be honest. I mean, you know, I've, I've ridden lot, lots of countries around the world, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think New, New Zealanders' behaviour towards people on bikes, I think, is quite good, actually. Yeah. All right. In fact, yeah, you know, you come up to a red light, and there might be two lanes of traffic ahead of you. And I've known people, you know, and you just you just go up the middle and, and say you're the first away at the lights. If you can fit, and I've actually seen people quite often just just move over so you can actually actually get get to the front of lights. Now I think they're um, for for the most part Kiwis are, are very good. I think there's a good attitude towards motorcycles, yeah. which is nice. 
We have, getting, I'll get back to the book in just a tick, Kiwis on Harleys, and we're yep. talking with George Lockyer. But we have um, bikes on the road, and you, you mentioned this in the book, a BMW, I think, or one of your um, guests, one of your interviewees does. We have 200-plus mm-hmm. horsepower bikes on the road now. Who needs a bike with that much power? Nobody. I think that that much horsepower is completely superfluous, Jim. I think it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I'm I'm quite, um, well, I would say famous, but I'm known for, for doing, for extolling the virtues of smaller motorcycles. You know, yeah, uh, you just do not need that much power. Um, a modern a modern two hundred and fifty will, will will sit will sit on a hundred or hundred and ten kph all all day. You know, you just do not need that much power. Glenn Barrett in your book with a super looking bike collection I notice he still owns a Honda 354 and that took me back because they were once the ace touring bikes in New Zealand um, not as sexy as the Norton Commando or the Triumph Bonneville but 750cc was a, was a big bike and when the Kawasaki 900 I think came along it just seemed monstrous but now gee, oh absolutely yeah there are such, such yeah I, I couldn't i couldn't agree more absolutely yeah i mean when i started riding bikes in, in my late teens um if you had a 250 that, that was like a big bike if you had a 500 it's like wow you know <laughs> oh, jim down the road's got a 500 you know wow yeah so like i say it's just it's just superfluous i, I just don't understand this need for for these these big bikes especially the adventure bikes you know you get a bmw gs t- uh, 1250 uh, for for going off road now, I wouldn't dream of going off road on one of those things. I mean, that for that for a start, they cost over forty grand, and if you dropped one, you'd need a forklift to pick it up. I was going to ask you that. How do people pick up? Because there are quite a few women in your book, and I noticed one of them owns a bike which is uh, three hundred kgs, a, a big Harley. Uh, how would you ever pick that up? Well, adrenaline helps because <laughs> if, if you drop it. Because I've um, immediately after dropping it, the you know, the, the adrenaline is coursing through your veins, and suddenly you're, you're like Superman. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure many I'm sure many people have um, gotten hernias trying trying to pick bikes up. <laughs> but the best the best way to do it literally though is to do it backwards. You know, to just just come up to the side of the bike backwards and just gradually stand yourself up back backwards. That's the best way to do it. Good but, um, but but those massive bikes, I mean, all you can do really is wait until somebody comes along and they'll give you a hand. I know this is a disappearing dream in the modern world, probably going out and, you know, finding yourself on the road, although people do it. What does it do for you going on the long rides? Um, I think it just clears my head, Jim, you know. All, all, all the um, all the worries and the uh, the, the, the trivia that, that, that make up your life today. You know, you just get on the road and um, just just gives you time time to think. You know, you're not answering the phone. You're not. N- n- nobody wants a piece of you. It's just. Um, and people who haven't tried it, I suggest they do try it because uh, it, it's extremely therapeutic. Where do you love riding most? What are, where are the roads that you know unwind for you and make your spirit sing, as it were? Um. <clears throat> One of my favourites is uh, the Lindis Pass. I don't know if you know the Lindis Pass. Oh, yes, I do. Down south. Yes, I do. That's just... I've been known to... Um, you know, I've been away for a week, week or something with, with with other people or on my own. 
I've been known to, to do it in one direction and then turn around and go and do it in the other direction. Because <laughs> it, it's just, it's like an engineer has designed that road just, just for motorcyclists. Yeah. But, but New Zealand, I mean, we're blessed with, with, with fantastic roads in New Zealand. You know, there are a few boring stretches. Um, like my, um, my mother-in-law lives in Ashburton. So my wife and I often travel from Christchurch to Ashburton on, on State Highway 1, which must be the most boring stretch of road in the whole country. But apart from that stretch, I, I can't think of many stretches that, that you'd call boring. You know, that we're, we're simply blessed with magnificent roads. I read an interview with you. I, I'm sorry, I've forgotten where it was. And you had advice about traveling, about how to travel. Advice I wish I had taken, actually, George, far more often. Do you remember? <laughs> I think that was it recently. I think that might have been caravan and camping, was it? I don't know, but it was basically about slowing down and smelling the roses and checking things out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, I always try and um, try and emphasise that in my touring articles for Bike Rider magazine, yeah. I mean, people are so obsessed with, um, you know, like, like we were alluding to earlier, huge horsepower and going as fast as you can and doing, you know, 500, 600 k's in a day. Well, you know, you, you don't have to. You're missing so much. You know, you're just missing so much. Yeah, and I'm sorry to introduce a glum note, but um, before I get back to the Harleys, but people these days are probably far more leery also about leaving their valuable motorbike or their car by the side of the road as they nip in to see that hidden waterfall or, you know, that giant tree. It's a little sad, the society we've become, we don't quite trust doing that as much as we used to. Yeah, well, it's certainly yeah, it's a sign of the times. It's 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 not a trusting society, is it? Unfortunately, but I think you could um, you could say that about anything, couldn't you? Um, if you you could leave your push bike or your car, yeah, your fancy true. car yeah. or your bike. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just unfortunately the, um, the the world we live in, isn't it? Let's get to the excitement then. How did Harley's come to be legendary? Do you think their advertising campaigns have been um, extremely successful over the years, and and they have been going for a long time, you know. I mean, uh, William S. Harley and brothers William and Walter Davidson, they got together in 1903, you know, <laughs> and the first bike went on the market in 1905. So they've been around a long while. The noise and the shaking. I've never understood why Harleys have stayed unique in this respect. I mean, the, the crankshaft has only one pin, doesn't it? And both pistons connect to it and the arrangement of the cylinders means the pistons don't fire at even intervals and the shakings because it's impossible to counterbalance the engine and so on what i mean is yeah if this is a uniquely successful arrangement how come there aren't more bikes other bikes like harley's that's what i was trying to ask um i suppose that well there are a lot of motorcyclists out there and it's not everybody's cup of tea i think i think that's the answer i mean personally my favorite kind of bike is a single cylinder uh, most of my bikes are, are, sing, are big singles. They're called thumpers, you know, and you, yeah. you can, when you accelerate, it, you have that distinctive thumping feeling beneath you. And I suppose Harleys have that distinctive shaking, although um, a lot of the modern, the more modern models have got um, sort of bal balancer balancer thingies. I'm not, not a mechanic, Jim, but I must say right no, here. But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, no, but the modern ones are a lot less shaky, shall we say, th th than old ones, you know. Um, but a lot of manufacturers, they go to great lengths to get rid of that shakiness because a lot of mo motorcyclists, they don't want that, no. you know, especially uh, riders of, of multi-cylinder motorcycles. They just want, they go for as smooth a ride as possible. 
so many uh, modern engines today, they've got um, computer chips and all this uh, fancy hardware where j- just to diagnose a problem, it has to be plugged into a computer, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you're in the middle of nowhere in the third <laughs> world or something, the locals wouldn't have a hope of, of fixing it. No. That, that's why I prefer a single cylinder motorcycle, um, you know, pr- perhaps with a carburetor so people can fix it. And I suppose Harleys are, are just uh, j- just have, they still use basic principles in their engineering. Yeah. A number of women in your book, um, as I said, accountant Julia Burgess in Timaru, she made the, mm-hmm. she made the jump from a Yamaha 321cc bike to a Harley Lowrider 1670ccs, and that's a big jump in bike. And she recommended I thought that was a big leap, a big leap. Um, and I've never seen a pick it up, or well, you didn't have a photo of that. She recommends that uh, motorcyclists do what's called a ride forever course. Absolutely, yeah. What is that? Yeah, t- well, I'd, that I'd t- recommend t- it. They take you just from from the the basics. You know, this is a motorcycle. This is how it works. Sit on it. You know, this is how you go forward. This is how you stop. And it's um, a series of of courses, just a gradual progression until you until you take uh, your test. And even afterwards, there are advanced courses. You know, or, um, more and more complex. Yeah. So I'd recommend it to anybody. Chris Els or Alice, uh, I'm not sure how to say it, in, in Christchurch, owns a live wire, as you mentioned, the electric Harley. Yeah. He, he thinks electric yep. bikes are the next big thing, doesn't he? Do you? Um, I think I think eventually they will be, but maybe not, not as soon as, as others uh, are predicting. I do think there's um, a, a, a few decades left of, of uh, the internal combustion engine. Yeah, be interesting to see, won't it? Uh, not everybody in not everybody in your book is specific about where they live. Maybe I've got a suspicious brain, but I wondered is, if that would be justifiably in, in part because Harley's get nicked. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The ones that were a bit cagey about where they lived. Uh, one was a police officer, and right. um, that for obvious reasons. I mean, you know. Uh, another one was a gang member, and he and he Ray, and he was cagey about almost everything, really. <laughs> what I couldn't couldn't put in, and other people who were cagey were the ones who had an extensive collection, a very ex- expensive and extensive collection. Yes, yeah. and some of them did marvelous collections. The people in your book are really interesting. They're clever people. They're everyday people. There's nothing you know, strange about them, um, but with an affinity for the open road. And your your book is about celebration, and I imagine reading it will probably change the minds of people, you know, who scowl when the Harley comes up behind them at the traffic lights. And some of them are loud, I mean, I will grant you. I mean, you know, <laughs> they're, just, they're just all sorts, from all walks of life, you know, writers and racers and mechanics, restorers and policemen and hairdressers and accountants, you know, computer experts they're just from all walks of life you know and they just share uh, a passion that was what interested me the all walks of life it almost seems like you know some people are born with a harley gene and because of that <laughs> that's what they have to do that's what they have to own well that's right well um there's one particular guy he really was born with the harley gene that's uh, joe gross uh, he's he's in that's chapter twenty seven the enthusiastic enthusiast, and he's a third generation Harley mechanic. 
and he just had an encyclopedic knowledge of the history of Harley Davidson in New Zealand. And he um, he just lives and breathes Harley. He, he's a, a very meticulous restorer, you know. So if you had anything wrong with your Harley, if it's a vintage Harley, then he would be the man to see. Well done on the book. So you're not going to write about any other um, motorcycle makes. You're not going to spend the next 10 years, you know, doing Nortons and Triumphs and Kawasaki's no, and I Yamaha's. I'd, I would, no, I, would, um, I wouldn't be adverse to it, Jim, if you want to give my, my publisher a, a, a ring and suggest it. <laughs> I wouldn't be adverse to doing Triumph, actually. Kiwis on Triumphs, that sounds okay. Yeah, there'll be a few interesting Kiwis on Triumphs as well. Well, you've yeah. you found them on the on the Harley Davidsons. Well done, George, and good of you to spare us the time to talk. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure, Jim. Thank you very much.